You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. An oil Get all filter. the junk out. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to At Home, the podcast, uh, episode 17, as we continue on season two. Uh, good to have each and every one of you with us. Uh, we are continuing on our conversation um, all around the uh, what we see as the crucial topic of discipleship. Uh, not, not only what discipleship is, but um, how do we act it out? Uh, how do we live it out faithfully? How do we reproduce disciples? So making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, that's our goal. That's our goal here. And that's a goal that, and it's something that we want to talk about with as many people that we can come in contact with, other leaders, other ministries. Um, it is a passion point for us. So uh, we've discussed a number of, of components. We've been working through this series as we've been talking about discipleship, just giving better definitions. Um but the one thing I think we've all found here to be really, really helpful uh, when talking about discipleship is also talking about the issue of alignment. And when we're talking about alignment, we're talking about is everybody that is in on the discipleship-making process and journey, are we all pulling in the same direction? Do Are we aligned with each other? And what does that look like? How do we get there? How do we get to alignment? How do we stay in alignment? And then what are the um, outcomes of alignment. What are the positive outcomes of alignment? And again, uh, our friends at the Relational Discipleship Network have given us some really, really good frameworks to operate from. Uh, that is, in a, th- Those are uh, the frameworks that are kind of guiding our conversation today. So Chris, give us the flyover here. When we're talking about alignment, where do we start? Where are we headed? And, uh, and why is alignment important? Have you ever driven a car or a truck that is out of alignment? Oh boy, have I. I think that right there is the place to start. It's a picture. What happens when you're driving a vehicle down the road and your vehicle is out of alignment? Uh, you have wheels pulling in different directions. Uh, you're not able to take your hands off the steering wheel at all or else you're going to pull left or pull right. It's going to fight you down the road. For the driver, you're, you're constantly up on the wheel trying to make sure that everything is working accordingly. And it's not an easy vehicle to drive. But here's the problem. Too many churches are way whacked out of alignment, and too many pastors and staff are like the person trying to drive a vehicle down the road, and they're fighting the steering. They're fighting the alignment. They're fighting the pulling in this direction and the pulling in that direction because the church as a community has no unified concept of where they're going as a ministry. Too many pastors and the people that I've coached and the people I've talked to uh, have said, hey, I'd love to take this discipleship idea and make it a program in my church. And uh, so what do I need to do? What book do I need? How do I, how do I make this work? I just need to plug and play this thing. Uh, I've found way too many that just started as a small group and, and they can't figure out why is this not catching alignment or catching fire in my congregation. It seems like it's not taking off. Why is it taking off in yours or why is it taking off in others? What's the difference? And it comes back to this topic today, 
of alignment. And where does it start? Uh, you and I have had these conversations, Angie, you and I have had these conversations. If the leaders don't buy in to the idea that Jesus really meant it when he said, go and make disciples of all nations, and that is the priority for you as a follower of me, and as a community of believers, that should be our, our, our philosophy. If we relegate discipleship to a program and not the DNA of who we are, then we've already missed the boat. And so it has to start with leaders. The, 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 the church staff needs to understand this. The church elders, church board, church deacons, whatever you have in your church, the leaders need to understand this is the concept. This is what we're aiming for. And if you don't know what you're aiming for, you're surely not going to hit it. When you, and Chris, when you say program, what I hear there is if you're relegating discipleship to a program, there can be the idea of there are discipleship things we do, and then but we we step in a program. But then there's other things that we do that are not part of the discipleship program. It's the other it's the other stuff, and and really, uh, so you can be you can be sort of on duty in discipleship, but then off duty in discipleship, and you're just kind of switching uh, back and forth depending upon whether or not you're in the discipleship program. What you're offering here, though, is to say, actually, no, uh, there ain't no program. It's it's a whole it's a whole way of doing things. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah life. That's the exact word I was going to use. Jesus yeah. didn't have like a time where, okay, I'm going to go do this at this moment, and then I'm going to go do this, and they wait. I'm I'm going to be a carpenter during this time, yeah. or I'm going to be a discipler during this time. It's yeah. a lifestyle. He lived it out. He ate with people. He walked with people. He lived with people. Yeah, I, I'm sure if we asked Jesus uh, the question, when are you not discipling, his answer would be never. I'm never not <laughs> discipling. It's, it's, it, it is at the, the core DNA of who he was. And so we, trying to be faithful to his call, his example, are trying to do the same thing. So, okay, Chris. All right, so it's not a program; it's a way of life. Man, that sounds—you know—that sounds heavy, right? Heavy, but also like too simple. Yeah, like something is. I mean, you need more, Angie. I think for for you, who for so many years uh, have have run what are traditionally uh, in, in in church world very programmatic things, like on the side of family ministry, kid ministry, whatever. Yeah. Like, there's the program. There's the 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 start, the stop time. The there's this curriculum, this thing, you know, whatever. Um, for ministry leaders and for for anybody, lay leader, uh, you know, pastoral leader, whatever the case might be in a church, is is the simplicity to this in light of our history of of very programmatized approaches? What's what's so hard about it? I mean, you said it just sounds too easy. What like? Well, I think we're so driven to that. Okay, ending here, beginning there, and compartmentalizing all of our activities. Well, we're doing this or we're doing that. Or we're even at home and we're in with our family here and then we go to church on Sunday here and then we work Monday through Friday here, even in the church world. Oh, wait, we have office hours these days of the week and then we go and we have church service on Sunday. And so that's when it's discipling Uh, a buzzer. No, that's not really (laughs) what happens because discipleship is abiding in Christ first. Remember, that was one Mm. of the main things we've talked about. We have to abide. You have to live in and with Christ. You don't leave Christ at home when you drive in the car, even at you know, car line, because I, boy, we need some Jesus in car line, we need, Joel. We need Jesus in car lines. I, I <laughs> will say, I was like, I might have left Jesus at home a few times. 
<laughs> in, in the car, car lines. Yes. But you need I'm it, it, inter, it interrupts your days. It comes with you. It is mm-hmm. all part of you. Um, I think that when I heard about this, when I understood it, the light bulbs went on, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been wanting to do. And why my sign in my house says you can preach a better sermon with your life mm. than with your lips. Mm. There we go. And that's been Dan and I's idea for a long time. We just didn't have a name for it until Relational Discipleship Network put the name on it. Yeah, and <laughs> and for us in a very yeah. practical way, as I'm going to circle back to Chris here in a second for kind of the 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 next step without sounding programmatic. The next step <laughs> is or the next the next kind of category that we talk about. Um, you know. There is a there is a sense in which um, we, you know, when we're when we're looking at our our, our church calendar and our, our activities, like we here have made a conscious decision to quote unquote under like to under program and Correct. and as I have understood it within our history here, the idea is why would we be extracting disciples out of the context and the relationships and the places that God has put them out in communities? Why do we extract them out of that to bring them to one more you know, church function or thing, You know, say like a midweek, for instance? Like we don't run, um, apart a from a midweek, like on our kid men and adult men sides, uh, youth meet midweek, and, and that's even changing a little bit. Um, but we don't, we don't run that. But that wasn't just because like, ah, oh, we just don't want to do that. There was per- there's purpose behind that in alignment with our our discipleship, um, our, our, our value and our, our mission. Values. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think that can be really like if you if you went to a, a, a faith community and said whose whose bread and butter, so to speak, was like maybe their big part of their outreach or their connection was like, hey, we have a you know a banger midweek uh, kidmen uh, program. Um, it feels pretty disruptive to say maybe that's actually not the best answer to your discipleship question, right? Maybe that's maybe that's not actually the thing that we're that we're looking for. I mean, you, if you go back years and years, Angie, if you were if someone you know would have told you like, hey, I m- maybe maybe that that big programming midweek or or whatever is is maybe not actually yielding the results that you desire on the, on because the side you're of struggling to get volunteers or yeah. you're, you're just getting more information you're getting and cramming more schedules tighter so families are more separated in the week they have less time together at the dinner table because we already said we're just the one of the most important things is to have dinner together you have another night like that maybe everybody's um you know, trying to do various things and you feel so stretched that even leadership, you're like, well, we have another thing to prepare for. So I think we have to look at the, that the relational desire that we have leads to number two step, which is our philosophical alignment, which is our mission, vision, purpose, right? Which creates the theological idea. So we have to create the relationship, um, purpose and then create our programs around that relational purpose and we've defined this that one we are going to bear down and take things to a different level because we believe in relationships so have a small group in your home during the week have dinner with your family take time to interact with your neighbor that's 
that's the purpose. It's not like we're trying to fill your calendar with more things to do. So good. We are educated well beyond our level of obedience, and that's the big issue. Oh, in church. come on now, Chris! So, I want you to say that again. Say that again. <laughs> uh, they can play it back. So, so here's here's the reality: uh, when we continue to create come to us moments in a church, we are forgetting that Jesus never really called us to come to the church. He called us to go from it. Man. Go as the body. Go to it. But if we keep creating come to us moments to educate more people and then you say hey we would love for you really to be engaged in your community they say i don't have any more time well we filled it with the education and what we've done is eliminated the space or the time that people need to go out and make a difference uh, previously i've i've uh, been aware of ministries where they have a, a staff role known as like the pat you know discipleship pastor and you dig into the job description and it's they're it they're actually the they're buying a curriculum and you know and sort of educational resources or whatever and I I was like oh you mean they're like the the director of Christian Ed is what is what it is I know the confusion between dis, discipleship and and like you've just described here the the knowledge you know the knowledge base and, and all of that now we want to be crystal clear we've said it here a hundred times we will keep on saying it just in case anybody has misunderstood us we are all about learning the scriptures knowing the scriptures being in God's word but we're also very much about being obedient to the things that are on the page there is that is that what I hear you saying Chris oh you hear me say okay that. well yeah okay. absolutely uh this is the podcast that's going to get us in trouble I love it uh because <laughs> this is a passion point for us and even before we push record we said we might need some filters or a five second <laughs> delay uh because this one's going to get us in, in into trouble the, yes yes I, I love you, you brought up a pet peeve of mine uh so this is our discipleship pastor Excellent. Uh, isn't every pastor a <laughs> discipleship right. pastor? Right. Why, isn't every follower of Jesus a disciple? Mm. I mean, why do we need a discipleship pastor? Because that's the role of what we're supposed to do, unless we've screwed up the the system somehow and try to make it a come-to-us type of environment. Yeah, that can just be a little bit of a red flag, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and, go ahead. So my issue is, and, and Angie started to allude to it, alignment has to happen. In, in a church mm-hmm. in order for healthy discipleship to happen. And I think this is where churches spin their wheels and they can't get the traction. and They can't figure out why is this not working because our system, just like the car going down the road out of alignment, everything's fighting against it and you're not gaining the traction. So uh, perhaps as we get ready to shift here in just a second to those areas that we feel like need alignment, uh, it might become a little bit more clear. Right. I think oftentimes we can even take it to our family model where one thing has to change to get us all on the same page. We all have to relate to each other and agree on what we're going to as a goal, as a mission, as a purpose. Because if we don't have that in the in the family, how are we going to get anywhere? If you asked a football team and they had offense and defense and they had special teams coaches, and then you asked the key players, guys, what's our goal tonight? And they go, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you got like six different goals, you're, it's going to show up on the field, isn't yeah. it? Uh, but what happens with winning teams is they all understand what it takes to win and how we're going to go about accomplishing that. I just had a discussion with my wife talking about a business thing today, and and we were having the discussion about how do you know – when um, 
when an issue where there seems to be uh, uh, non-congruent uh, departments, where the where two departments are not not getting on the same page together, how do you know when uh, when it's like a DEFCON five high severity issue, and and how maybe a, a second secondary or third level? And and I we were just talking about it, and I said I said when 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 primary value. Uh, when the primary values that are driving the whole mission forward are misaligned, that is a top tier concern. When when you are not together for where you cannot articulate exactly what we're saying as a team, this is why we are going. We are taking this ball and we are going down that way down the field to cross into the end zone. When you can't say that, um. That should be a very, very concerning thing for for all of us. Like that, that's the thing. And so I know we have conversations here regularly in different sort of ways, relational conversations, where we're trying to check in all the time and say, are we all on the same page? Are our values and our direction maintaining, you know, uh, in the same direction? Because if not, we need to hit the we need to hit the the pause button and real and realign because because. Just it is, you know, an airplane uh, one degree one degree off over a distance period of time, they end up in a, a whole different country, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, so let's talk about some of these areas that are required for alignment in a church, and uh, hopefully, this will bring some clarity to the listener as to maybe why, if if you're from our church, why we're trying to do the things we are. Uh, if you're from another church, then why? What are some ideas yeah. on how to? make this effective in your church. I think there's four areas. The RDN teaches four areas, relational discipleship network. Uh, relational environment has to be aligned. The philosophical uh, environment has to be aligned. Theological uh, environment needs to be aligned. And the organizational environment needs to be aligned. Let's talk about relationships. We have to value relationships with the same priority that God does. You know, when I look at relationships, and, and let's go back to the local church setting, uh, as staff, we ought to be relational. We ought to see people as Jesus sees people, value them as he values them. We we were talking before we go on air, uh, you know, too much of our culture says, well, you got to look like you're working hard. You got to look like you're doing this. And that means you need to sit in your office, you know, for 45 hours a week and then go do people things later. Jesus didn't sit in an office. Jesus was where people were. Uh, some of my best times are when I'm not in the office. Uh, I'm here enough, but we live in a mobile uh, yeah. environment that people can get a hold of us should they need to. But I want to put myself where people are and to have encounters with them. Uh, I, yeah, I got a lot of other things well, I'd like to say on this, but my big mantra is you got to be at the church enough to do the mission of the church, but you have to be, or the business of the church, yeah. you have to be in the world enough to do the mission. Let me say that one more time. You got to be at the church enough to do the business of the church, but you have to be outside the church enough to do the mission of the church. And and one simple example, I'll just give you a quick example to that um, that we're that we're fleshing out now, and it it, it I think it, it feels right. But our our high school pastor, for instance, he is helping coach at the local high school, and we've been very clear: your coaching hours are part of your job here. I'm not I'm not expecting you to get X Y Z office hours in, and then on top of that, go go have. I mean, think about this: the opportunity. To be with that many high school students, many of whom are not connected to a faith community, don't know Jesus, and are not being discipled. I'm like, 
where else better would I want a high school pastor yeah. than with high school yeah. students out on the athletic field? Like that, that to me is, so it's like, we're not like saying like, well, there's, there's coaching hours and then there's, uh, you know, your, your office hours or whatever. It's like, dude, no, you, we know the vision. We know what our goal is. Go, <laughs> was, go and pastor people. I was sitting with a group of pastors and they're talking about how you do things in your church. And it was going around the table, and they're talking about staffing and hours and work hours, office hours. And uh, they're going around, and they were saying things like, "Yeah, I require my team to be there fifty hours a week." And then another one said, "Yeah, I require, you know, from they have to be there from eight to five thirty. They get thirty minutes for lunch, and then I expect them from eight to noon on Saturdays." And then it came around to me, and they're like, "Chris, we assume you're you're probably just like us." I said, "Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I'm going to disappoint you <laughs> in how we do things." No, here's here's the deal. Man, why have we become that way? Uh, if I've hired staff that don't understand the mission, I've hired wrong. Mm. And so therefore, I have to free people. You know, every teammate here knows what is required to get the work done, right. but we also know what is required to accomplish the mission, yeah. and that is to be where people are. Well, I'm going to even add to that. You've even not discipled your staff because oh, we're, there we go. we're even walking together as disciplers yeah. and disciplees. Like we're doing it together because we can go and we can talk about alignment of the church all day long, but what makes up the church? A whole bunch of individuals and families. So if you don't run a healthy alignment at home in your own life, in your own relationships, well, how are we going to do that in the church? And I've I sat in groups. I've heard people go through and understand this whole idea of relational discipleship. And they will tell you before that anything happened external, it happened internal. It happened in their own home. It happened in their own marriage. It happened in a relationship with their child, with their kids. Because when you get that, all the other stuff oh, is so just yeah. totally second nature. I, the, the sad thing is the environment that we live in is a very high-paced uh, uh, community, region that we live in. Uh, too many people think uh, the model that we've taken on, well, that probably equates to, to laziness. And the reality is I'd say, no, actually what it does is it, it equates to effectiveness. Mm. It's not Amen. lazy. You're preaching it's my effect- language. That's what you I love. can do yeah. a whole bunch of things if you're effective. People look at me and they say, well, how do you handle all this stuff? No, you you prioritize what you need to prioritize and you're effective with what you're doing because you realize that what's important is not necessarily the hours in the office, the relationships and the purpose behind it. I think we understand the relational side of things. The church has to understand that we need to value relationships like Jesus did. And that means don't just come in, walk in, be quiet, sit down, walk out, and never interact with people. Interaction is critical. (laughs) excuse me, intentional relationships are critical. Uh, Takes us to our second one, though. Uh, I think church, and this is philosophical alignment, churches are really good. I I remember back in the 90s, everybody was writing mission and vision value statements, and it became like month-long, you know, meetings. Let's have, let's have multiple meetings. Let's come up with what our saying is going to be. And and I remember places writing these massive statements that nobody could ever remember, uh, and and they're really well-crafted, and they sounded sexy. Can I say that? You can. You did. Uh, might have the five-second button on that one. <laughs> uh, but, but nobody knows them. 
Yeah. And they don't make any sense. Yep. Philosophical. So you have a mission and you have vision. And the reality is it's great that we can feel good that we have a mission statement and we have a value statement. But if we don't have a process that matches with a mission and a process that matches with our, our values, our, our, our vision statement, then we're not effective. I even think the practice that matches. It's not just a process. It's the practice. We have to live it out. We have to yeah. be doing it in our own body of Christ. We have to be doing it in our lives. So why are do, why do we do the things we do? Well, it's because it relates back to the big circle of we are in alignment in relationship. So then it comes to mission, value, goal. And then we have a theological alignment. Well, I still want to go back to philosophical for just a second, because here's the situation. I think too many churches have discipleship in the mission statement of some of some sort, but sure. their process, they don't have any kind of process to accomplish those things. Right. And so that's, that's where it breaks down. So just because we say something's important, we have to figure out, well, how do we go about accomplishing this? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the breakdown happens. And so if you're clouding and you're, you're over... Um, over, uh, you're not making it simple enough. Yeah. Maybe that's the best way to say. Yeah. It. If you're not making your 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 methods simple enough, uh, and you're you're filling your schedule with so many different things, I think it's easy to pull yourself off yep. purpose. Yeah, and don't and when we say simple, and uh, I'm on this simple kick because I'm, I'm prepping a message about simplicity soon. Do not think dumbed down. Correct. Do, do not do not think uh, lacking uh, con- like lacking uh, depth. It's it is to make something simple. By the way, is incredibly hard. Like to get things simple is is a is a is a is a process and a in a in a journey. Um, but when we mean simple, we mean there is a oh, if I can use the word there is a there is a experiential elegance to to it. It 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 when something is simple, it says all the thing it does and says all the things that have to be done and said. In as as straightforward and as meaningful and lasting a way as 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 possible. That's what simpli- That's what we're talking about with simplicity, which is why we can hang our hat on the simplicity of discipleship, because that's what Jesus gave Himself to. And it turns out, you and I are sitting. We're all sitting here today having this conversation because of the simplicity of his of his quote unquote. Uh, well, not even a program, but of his. His of his method. mission, his method and his mission of what and what he was doing. So okay, so Chris, yeah, take take us to the take us to the next one. Theological alignment. Uh Denny and I were coaching, Denny Yoder and I were coaching some pastors from around the nation uh, a couple months ago, and we were working through this alignment principle. And quite honestly, I think this was the one we probably struggled the most with. Uh, you know, you have a lot of folks that come into the church and the reality is uh, you might be a year here or a year at your church and then find out, oh, wait, our church believes. <laughs> right. I yeah. didn't know we believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know how that was. So the idea of theological alignment is simply this, that the elder staff, key volunteers, key influencers all understand what the church believes and can explain the church's position and beliefs. Do we have maturity that is being developed? You know, I think in, in some ways— it's really easy to just focus on evangelism. It's really easy just to focus on discipleship, but we miss that theology is critical in both of those. One, making sure that people understand why we believe what we believe and then actually can re, uh, articulate, re-articulate it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's really a good word. Uh, 
you know, th- th- there's there's that saying that you will reproduce what you've actually produced in other people. Yeah. And and the question is, are we making disciples who can reproduce theologically sound uh, decisions and, and disciples? And and Chris, you know, help me with this because I feel like people and and I know Angie's had these conversations too. I, I've I've feel like people get caught up when we're talking about the on the theological alignment where they're like okay you know i'm trying to i've got a coworker that i'm that i'm trying to bring to the lord and i'm trying to i'm trying to reproduce my faith myself in this in this in this person but oh man i like you know i don't have a seminary education or i like I, oh i got to have i got to have all my i's dotted and t's crossed before i can effectively um, you know, communicate an accurate theological uh, per- perspective, and I, I really it burdens my heart. Like I, because I, I feel that again, it's like all of us in here have spent a lot of time, a lot of time, um, in in training, in theological training, and all that. We value that; it's a big part of our life. At the same time, it's like, man, again, I'm feeling the the burdens of overcompl overcompl, you know. Uh, things becoming overly complicated for people and in a way creating a roadblock for them in their, in their, in their discipleship where, where it's like, Oh, I've got to have all these things, all these things together. Correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to me that the, the discipleship journey when it comes to theological alignment and having people understand what they need to understand is still a very relational process. So, so it's like if we can work together and have ongoing conversation, I don't have to do the one and done like let me do a full brain dump on you about everything I know about God and then hope that that's enough to convince you to be a to be a disciple and to keep on to keep on going. Um I love the fact that I I think of many people here that would have a story here at this church that would say, "No, it was somebody who was learning with me actually." learning next to me and that was that had that had the humility to say oh my gosh um I'm actually in this discipleship process building up my my own faith as we as we learn together and again it, it falls back to um being the expert is not the goal being relational is the goal and I think we've said this you have to ask the right questions and if you're asking the right questions you're going to come to a question you don't have an answer for oh boy so yep. then you get to the point and you say hey let's look up that answer together yeah. let's explore what that looks like what does God say about that uh we are not walking encyclopedias we have to go and search and understand together <laughs> I think this is broken down in the church for a couple of reasons one is I think pastors feel like um, there's an arrogance side mm. of it. I, you know, I need to be the smartest person in the room when it comes to theology, and our people probably won't get that, and that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, second is I need to be able to control the knowledge, and so therefore I don't want people to think I'm not as smart as I am. What if everybody else is as smart as I am? Then I can't have you know. And then, so there's there's a breakdown here. Joel, I loved you. You told me a story the other night that you were hanging out doing a work project with some of the guys in our church, and yeah. you're like, I can't believe the conversation. A bunch of dudes that are hanging out, and yeah. the conversation goes to spiritual formation. Yeah, it's these, not these about be, like, hey, yeah, you these, see that the tigers lost again, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And these would be guys that are, that are, I mean, they're, they're men's men, you know, they're, they're 20s, 30s. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, diesel mechanics and electricians and these, and these kind of guys, they're not, uh, they're, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not graduate students, you know, like, like, and, and yet I was, I was absolutely floored. So super encouraged, but absolutely yeah. floored by what was, what was being discussed. Absolutely. So we have relational alignment, philosophical alignment, we have theological alignment, and then this last one, organizational alignment. And I think, again, this is a breakdown that happens in a local community, a local church. Uh, this is a time where we look at the time that is spent in meetings, and my goodness, we spend a lot of time sitting in meetings, do we not? Um, can I get an amen? You can. Thank yes. You, yes. Uh, lots of times sitting in meetings, the dollars being spent, the energy and focus inside the church building and outside in the community are all areas very intentionally focused on keeping the purpose of the church in the forefront. So where are you spending your dollars? Where are you spending your time? Are you sitting around talking about discipleship? Are you actually doing it? Are you investing in it? Are you training people in it? Uh, are you inside the church enough? Are you outside the church enough? How are you doing this and making sure that all of the organization comes into this one funnel that comes and funnels out into we are using all of our organizational efforts to accomplish the task and the purpose of making disciples. And, you know, I just want to tell you, um, pastor, leader, good job, because we've blown up a couple of what people would call um, church activities to do things because we believe in it and the purpose is discipleship. And we did it this fall. We did it through the home classes. We're doing it this summer through um, our summer Sundays, and we're taking this adventure and moving church to on the road. How many churches go on the road for a Sunday uh, 30 minutes away? Right. Well, because, well, because it can be potentially seen, like pro, quote-unquote programmatically, doing things like that can be potentially seen as like, oh, gosh, we're going to – that you're basically – you're hide. You're you're hitting the pause button on effectiveness, right? Like, hey, we're gonna go do this other this other thing. There is importance in yes, we do need to to gather together, yeah. but does it have to always be on location in the same way, the same time, with the same setup? Yeah, I'm I, just throwing that out 100%. there. I, I love being on. I love being on a team. That's the thing. Like, I love being on a team where this sort of thing where we go where we go. It's not of, oh, what could we lose? But the conversation really has been about what could we gain? What new areas and avenues and relationships could we, we connect that maybe have never connected before? And we just want to call, like, that's, that's the beauty of it. When you do things like this, um, you can really call people to some pretty amazing things in terms of, you know, we have, we have a whole group of small group leaders, uh, here that, we're re-engaging, I think, in some really significant ways because we're all we're saying is, guys, we've provided there's all these opportunities for you guys to be really hands-on with connecting with new people uh, that you've never connected with before. And by the way, we're connecting with them for the purpose of growing relational discipleship here. And so it just gives people yeah. all kinds of new sandboxes to play in and to use gifts I mean, and to see and to see what they what they can uh, we accomplish. Get, we get thirty six plus hours with people outside the church walls to walk with, talk with, and be in nature with with camp. I, yeah. I don't know how um, much better it gets. We should, you know, what we should do? We should take this podcast. Let's just let's just take it to let's Camp Mac. Take we'll, it on the road. We'll take it on the Rico. road. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. if my goal 
was to see how many people we could cram into a room on Sunday morning and listen to me try to talk eloquently. Uh, that would be one thing. If the other goal is asking the question as a team, how do we best reach people and how do we best help them grow in relationship? Then we ask, okay, what's it going to take? And I think you don't ever know until you try it. And so I'm grateful for a church that lets us try. Uh, And I don't get pushback from the elders and I don't get pushback from many people, some, but but not all, Uh, but an opportunity to say, hey, Let's give it our best shot yeah. at making disciples relationally. And so I love that we're a part of a community, but I think it's taken time yeah. to get there. And so, friend, listening, if you're part of our church, I hope that you gather. This is the reason why we're doing things. Jesus called us. He gave us a commandment. Go and make disciples. And so we take it really seriously. And so if that's our commandment, we as a staff ought to be leading in that direction. Our elders ought to be pointing us in that direction. Our programs, ministries, efforts, vision, mission, organization, theology, all should point us in those directions. To those friends that are listening, you say, I don't go to Walk EMC. That's great. I mean, wherever you're at, and you say, well, maybe my church isn't there. Excellent. Work towards it. And and if you're sitting in a church office today on staff and saying to our to yourself, I, I wish our church could get there. Hey, listen, it can shift. You can make that shift. It's just going to take time, and it's going to take effort. But, man, turning people's attention, I believe followers of Jesus, if we get our eyes on the call of discipleship, it will change your community. Absolutely. Change your world, change your families, change your marriages. And the thing is, that's what we're about. We want people to to be changed by Jesus. Yes, Ultimately, friends, uh, to quote uh, the late Eugene Peterson, uh, we are desiring, because we believe this is what God desires for us, that uh, it is a long obedience in the same direction. And uh, we're so grateful for each and every one of you that, like Chris said, that are on the journey with us and are letting us us, uh, experiment. We're we're getting into discipleship experiment. There is a laboratory that we are... uh, we're throwing we're throwing some things together because we believe that um, over the long run here we're going to see good fruit from it, and we want to encourage all of you that are that are not immediately connected with our community to know these things can happen for you too. But it, it like Chris said, it takes intentionality, it takes time, and it takes uh, you getting a tribe of people around you that you're in alignment with on these things that that value these things. So. Angie, Chris, thanks, guys, for the conversation. Oh, boy, we talk discipleship. Things get spicy in here. Uh, we we hope we're allowed to be back uh, next yes, week. Yes, we hope. We, so we're not, you know, we don't walk ourselves in the studio here and just record episodes till we run out of power. Uh, but, hey, guys, uh, thanks for joining us for uh, another episode. Look forward to uh, being with you next week. And until then, grace and peace. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting wakimc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.